Coming up on Lockdown Bearcats today, the Bearcats fall once again, this time at Central Florida. An embarrassing loss. I'll give my thoughts on that. Plus, sometimes learning how to establish a model of consistency can be best learned from your rivals. That's especially the case here in Cincinnati. And my top 10 players from the Bob Huggins era of Bearcats men's basketball. All that coming up on Lockdown Bearcats. Podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this Friday, February 25th of 2022. Hope everybody had a great National Chili Day, was feeling good and hungry, and ate some Skyline Chili. I wish I could have done that yesterday, but that's okay. Um, I still celebrated with all of you and enjoyed seeing all of your social media posts of Skyline Chili. Hey, uh, and for those of you who ate Gold Star Chili, I will still commend you. That's commendable. I do like me some Gold Star Chili, but... Great seeing all of you celebrate National Chili Day, one staple of Cincinnati culture. We love our chili. Anyway, uh, one thing I, I don't love right now is uh, what what's going on with Bearcats men's basketball. It is embarrassing. This team is just not very good. They are not very good at all. This is embarrassing. For a program, like I mentioned earlier this week, that in the last 30 years has been one of the most consistent programs of any program in the United States of America. At one point, from 2011 through 2019, they were one of only a handful number of programs in the country, Kentucky cannot even say this, that made the NCAA tournament every single year for nine straight years. The other teams to have done that were North Carolina, Duke, Gonzaga, Michigan State. Boom. Cincinnati was one of only six programs to make the NCAA tournament. I'm sorry, Kansas was also included in there. Can't forget about the Jayhawks. Cincinnati was one of only seven teams in the country to make the NCAA tournament seven straight years. It was them, Kansas, Gonzaga, Michigan State, Duke, North Carolina, and Gonzaga. Did I mention all seven of them? Cincinnati, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Michigan State. Um, Kansas, Michigan State, Duke, North Carolina, Gonzaga. And I feel like I, I'm missing a team who made the NCAA tournament nine straight years. I believe it was six. So Cincinnati, Kansas, Gonzaga, Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State. Boom. Those are your teams that made the NCAA tournament nine consecutive years. Kentucky can't even say that. Cincinnati could. That is a remarkable run. We are a far cry from that from that now. We are a far cry from that now. Wes Miller's team is doing no better than John Brandon's team did last year in 2020. That's the reality of this situation. UCF was missing their leading scorer on Wednesday night in Brandon Mahan. And guess what they still did? They still had four double-digit scores. They shot 47.6% from the floor. They were 8 of 22 from three. They out-rebounded the Bearcats 41 to 35. That has nothing to do with scoring, but still it has something to do overall with the game. The score was only the score was tied once. There was a lead change four times, but UCF took a 13-point lead into the half and ended up winning the game 75 to 61. Another embarrassing performance. For Cincinnati, David, um, 
Jeremiah Davenport was good, 15 points, 12 rebounds, double-double. But outside of that, David DeJulia, 16 points. Here's the other scoring totals. Micah Adams-Woods, John Newman III, Mike Saunders Jr., 7-7 seven, seven, and 7 respectively. Three points from Hayden Kobau, two points from Abdullah Du, Odio Guama, and Victor Locken. Outside of that, nada. Bearcats as a team, 22 of 60 from the floor for the game, 7 of 28 from three. This team cannot keep shooting threes, and yet that is the only way they're even able to generate offensive times because they cannot drive to the rim. They don't have a post presence. This is not a Bearcats team. Remember those Bearcats teams that had the likes of, oh, I don't know, Justin Jackson, Gary Clark, Kyle Washington, Trey Scott, all those great players. Chris Vell was supposed to be another one of those. I, I could go off on him. Um, this is just um, – sorry, I was looking at something there on NFL Network. Uh, this is just – embarrassing what this Bearcats team is doing. There is no physicality. There is no sense of alpha dog. There is no sense of we got this. There is no swagger. There is no anything synonymous with those four attributes I just said. This program is in a state of disarray. And quite frankly, the Bearcats, at are, they are just not good. Here's some other thoughts I have from the game, let alone from the stats. <coughs> They're just not very good. They can't beat anybody. Do you? I was having a conversation with my former co-host of Aircast Media, Zach Freeze, one of my most trusted confidants, on Wednesday night after the game. I was having a conversation with him, and I and he, so, and he asked me this question: Do you have confidence that Cincinnati can beat anybody in the AAC tournament? My answer: ha, No. That was after he asked me: Do you think the Bearcats can beat South Florida tomorrow? My answer: ha, Maybe. I don't know. The Bearcats struggle to beat USF on the road. Who's to say they can't? Um, beat them at home tomorrow night on senior night. And then, oh, by the way, it, it, and if, if this means anything to you, the Bearcats go to SMU and Houston next week. Woo! I don't like the sound of that. It's a Tuesday night game at uh, Houston. Well, that's going to be fun. And then they go to SMU on Thursday. The silver lining there is, though, the Bearcats did beat them at home earlier this season. And that's the thing. If Cincinnati could beat these teams, remember that five that five-point plan I laid out to you? of the uh, the way the Bearcats make the NCAA tournament. And one thing I said to you, one thing I said to you was beat the teams you're supposed to beat. UCF is one of those teams you're supposed to beat. L. Temple is one of those teams you're supposed to beat. Two uh, swept by them this season. Memphis, get a win at home against them. That didn't happen. Um, Tulsa, lost to them on the road. Uh, ECU, barely beat them. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Yes, they beat Wichita State twice. That's great. They've swept two teams. They've also been swept by Memphis and Temple. They also lost their only game to UCF. They might lose to USF tomorrow night. Do you trust this team to beat any team right now? This team used to walk into the gym with the sense of swagger that we got this, and that team stood no chance. When I run back through the players, the top 10 players of the Bob Huggins era, those players formed teams, were on teams that walked into any Conference USA gym and said, we got this, you're not as good as us, play with us, you're not going to beat us. That does not apply to this Bearcats team right now. They're not very good. They don't play together. It's just a bunch of players on a team scrapped together. They're, um, they do compete. They do play hard. They do practice hard. We hear there's no internal issues in the locker room. Wes Miller says they're frustrated. I hear all of that, and yet there are no adjustments, improvements being made to this team right now. Tulane played Houston to a 14-point game on their home floor. 
lost 81 to 67 Wednesday night. Tulane is currently in the top echelon of the American Athletic Conference. They're not going to the NCAA tournament, but it's a very good, as John Rothstein says, under the radar story in college basketball this season. Do you trust Cincinnati to beat them right now? I certainly don't. This team can't beat anybody, even middle of the pack teams. There's division amongst fans when you look at the when you read the comments section of the athletic, which can be very entertaining sometimes. When you read the comments section of the athletic, this is not entertaining. This is headache inducing because there's so much division. There's so many differing opinions on this Bearcats team from fans in Justin Williams's articles in the athletic. What good can this team do? They can't shoot threes. They can't drive to the rim. They apparently can't play defense now. This is now the third straight game where they've given up 75 points. Or I'm sorry, fourth straight game where they've given up 75 points or more. Sometimes my math. I'm sorry, fifth straight game where they've given up 75 points or more. See, my math is really failing me today, but that's eh, that happens. Um, this is now a team that is the at the bottom of a mid-major conference, a.k.a. college basketball irrelevancy. There is still a chance to be a bid stealer. Do you count on this team being that? I don't. Um, I mean, who can they be? Can they be anybody right now? They, I, I don't know if they're going to be USF on Saturday. Who do you have confidence in on this team? David DeJulius? He can't do it all. Jeremiah Davenport? He's hot and cold. He's hit or miss. Um, th- them? Who do you trust them beating in the conference tournament? I don't trust anybody right now. This is not a situation we're used to being in. My first two years at the University of Cincinnati this time of year on February 25th. I'll run. I actually remember both February 25ths. Uh, the first year was a Sunday. It was uh, 2018. The Bearcats were hosting Tulsa on senior day. That Tulsa team was a lot better than this year's Tulsa team. Bearcats beaten by eight. One of the most entertaining games I've been to. It was high scoring, tied at the half. Uh, was it tied at the half? I forget, but they won 82 to 74. Four players with 15 or more points in that game. Cincinnati was ranked at number 11 at the time. February 25th of the following year. A Monday after the Bearcats won at UConn, holding off a UConn comeback from when they were down 15. Cincinnati then vaulted into the top 25 at number 23. We were talking about, um, can they win a regular season title? What do they have to do to do so? Can uh, What can they do in the conference tournament? Um, how far can this team go in the NCAA tournament? Stuff like that. Now we're talking about, can this team beat South Florida? Seriously, ask yourself that question. Can they beat South Florida? Can this team beat South Florida? And I know there's going to be excuses, and I know there's going to be uh, reasons and rationale that says, well, it's Wes Miller's first season. He came into the program when there was almost not even a team. I get all of that. But this team is just this team is just not very good. This is not the standard of Cincinnati basketball. Mick Cronin inherited a lot worse situation than Wes Miller, and Wes Miller is barely even performing above Mick Cronin's first teams. Think about that for a minute. Mick Cronin's first team beat Xavier. Wes Miller's first team crushed by Xavier um, by over 20 points. Just something to take note of. This team's just not very good. This team is not very good. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. I don't care how much you think this team can be a bid stealer. They might lose, and it would not shock me, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. We good? All right, coming up, how can... Uh, the city of Cincinnati learned to be a model of consistency. Well, maybe we could consult with our rival teams. I'll get to that next here on Locked on Bearcats. But first, a word from Run Your Pool. March Madness is only less than two and a half weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com, along with standard brackets 
Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe, both really fun in their own way. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool. We believe in it because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at the cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this Friday, closing out the week here on Lockdown Bearcats. So much to get to. Um, I was going to record that segment um, I just did in, in the bonus content um, yesterday, but long night of work, there was breaking news. You might know that uh, there's something going on over in Eastern Europe. Uh, there was also a a really tragic officer involved shooting here in Macon, Georgia. So thoughts and prayers with everyone associated with that thoughts and prayers to everyone in the Ukraine as well. Just a horrible situation over there anyway. So long night of work came home and that's why I lashed out on that first segment. So anyway, um, I've talked this week about model of consistency and, and, there, and that's been the theme of this week model of consistency. So there is a, a a, a way to learn how to establish that here in Cincinnati. And I think we can best learn from our rivals, our rival teams. And the Bearcats have had some rivals in the past, obviously being Xavier since 1996. So the Bearcats go into the 96, 97 season final four contender, number one in the nation. And they lose on their home floor to Xavier. That my friends has started. A 26-year stretch that extended into this season, where Xavier is 18 and 8 against Cincinnati. 18 and 8. 18 and 8. It doesn't matter how good the Bearcats are. 2018, they were really good. They still lost to Xavier by 13. You look at other teams around the country. Like, you know how I mentioned the Bearcats have made nine straight NCAA tournaments? And they've only been to one Sweet 16. Gonzaga's been in the Sweet 16 every year since 2015. North Carolina has been to the Final Four twice. They've been to the Sweet 16 a handful of other times. They've been to the Elite Eight four times. Michigan State has been in the Final Four twice. They were in the Elite Eight in 2014. They were in the Sweet 16 in 2013. They were in, um, they won a second round game, or, or they, I think there's only been one, two years where they've lost in the first round. Cincinnati's lost in the first round four times in that span. Um, Duke has won a national championship. They've been to the, to the Elite Eight in 2019 and 2018. Uh, Kansas has been to the Final Four twice. They've played for a national championship. They've been in the Elite Eight, I believe, four times. 
11, 12, 16, 17, and 18. We'll make that five times. There you go. Am I missing anybody? And you think about Cincinnati, yes, nine straight NCAA tournaments is great, but they've only been in the Sweet 16 one time. Look at your peers and what they're doing. The Pittsburgh Steelers, a team we loathe in this city. I My first memory as a Bengals fan was Carson Palmer being carted off the field in the playoffs and the subsequent rivalry that heated up in 2006. And it's been a heated rivalry ever since. And I have been conditioned to hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. But in the 30 years where the Bengals did not make the playoffs, the Steelers never lost three games in a row to, to the Cincinnati Bengals. That is impressive. The Bengals did beat them a handful of times. But damn it, Zach Taylor already has three wins against them in six opportunities. Marvin Lewis couldn't beat the Steelers three times, three times in a row. Sometimes they struggle to win three times in six opportunities. Think about that. The St. Louis Cardinals. Team that I, I don't hate as much the Steelers. Because I'm a bigger Bengals fan than I am a Reds fan. But the St. Louis Cardinals won every season series over the Reds from 2012 through 2020. The Reds won the division in 2012. They arguably had the better team roster-wise in 2013. Cardinals still beat them in the season series. Remember how high our expectations were for the Reds in 2013? Guess who ended up winning the division and going to the World Series? The Cardinals. Since 1995, since the start of the 95 season, and the National League Central formation, Reds and Cardinals in the same division, the Cardinals have 16 playoff appearances. And 23 winning seasons. The Reds, on the other hand, have made the playoffs in just 95, 2010, 12, 13, 20. Five playoff appearances in 26 years. Only eight winning seasons. The Cardinals have 23 winning seasons in the last 27 seasons. Reds have eight in the last 27. The Cardinals have 16 playoff appearances in the last 27. The Reds have just five. The Reds have had some better teams than the Cardinals. I mean, even 2010, when the Reds won the division, we finally broke through in beating St. Louis to win the division title. St. Louis still beat the Reds in the regular season. There was a three-game series. I vividly remember this, and you do too if you're a Reds fan. Remember the series when um, the brawl between Brandon Phillips and Yadier Molina happened? We all remember it. The Cardinals kicked the Reds' ass in that series. That was a three-game series here in Cincinnati in the Early part of August, the Cardinals, I remember the first game of that series was a nationally televised game on ESPN. I come home from dinner at Buffalo Wild Wings. Love that place. I come home from dinner. I turn the game on. It's on ESPN. It's a Monday night broadcast. And by the third or fourth inning, it's 7-0 Cardinals. And you're thinking, what the hell? Cincinnati's had some really good teams in the past on paper. The Cardinals, the Steelers, and Xavier have not only beaten our teams, the Bearcats, the Bengals, and the Reds, but they've also have just been really consistent. It's a jealousy thing. The Steelers were never under 500 with Ben Roethlisberger. That's 18 years of being over 500. Sure, there were years where they missed the playoffs, but rarely that happened, and, and they never finished below 500. They were never terrible. 
that question I asked you all earlier, earlier this week, that Mel Weger asked you all um, earlier this month leading up to the Super Bowl, would you rather have the Bengals win the Super Bowl and then immediately dip back into purgatory, or would you rather have the Bengals be really good for 10-plus years, 10 to 15 years, and not win a Super Bowl? It's not an easy question to answer because, like I've said, you remember your worst loss more than you remember your best win. You remember the lowest of lows more than the highest of highs because the, the feeling you associate yourself more with that. You remember it more. It's more of a vivid memory in your head. You don't want to feel like some – you don't want to feel – Sometimes we do things so we don't have to, we do extra things so we don't have to feel a certain way again. We don't want to feel irrelevant again. We don't want to feel irrelevant again. The Bearcats were irrelevant in college football for a while. Right now, the Bearcats men's basketball team, they are essentially irrelevant. For a program that ranks in the top 15 all time and wins, for a program that for the better part of the last 30 years has been one of the country's most consistent programs. Look at what Xavier's doing. Look at what Louisville did for many years under Rick Pitino. Look at what Kentucky has been. Kentucky, by the way, you get on them for not winning a national championship with the best recruiting classes every single year. Okay, I'll put it to you this way. From 2011 through 2015, the Wildcats made four final fours. Four final fours. That's hard to do. And they were a four seed one year and an eight seed another year. The other two years, they were the overall number one seed, so they were supposed to make the Final Four, and they and they did. Once you make the NCAA tournament, your first goal is to get to the Final Four. To win a national championship in the Final Four, so many things have to go your way. Remember 2015, Kentucky lost to Wisconsin? Bad matchup for them. It's a bad matchup. 2011, that's Kentucky, that Kentucky team was not that great. It was good. Not that great. They lost to UConn by a point. Next year, boom, they win the national championship. 2014. They ran into a UConn team that just had almost like this this uh, magic dust on them, this god on their side, and Shabazz Napier and Ryan Boatwright, and you just weren't going to beat UConn. I mean, UConn always wins national championships in Texas anyway, 2004, 2011, 2014. They've won championships in Houston, San Antonio, and Dallas. Now, that's consistency right there. You can learn from your you can learn from your peers. Consistency. But the hope is this year, the Bengals and what they were able to do this year and beating Pittsburgh twice convincingly, they beat the same too with the Baltimore Ravens. Like I remember leading up to the first game of the of the season, this the first matchup against the Ravens this year. I ran a um I wanted to see just how consistent the Ravens I remember no, I actually didn't want to run this, but I looked at the the Ravens season by season records. And in an NFL where New England dominated for 20 years, and Indianapolis was always a 10-12 to 12 win team, at least you felt like, okay, here are the Ravens' records. The Ravens in 26 seasons have made the playoffs 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, I lost count, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 times. 13 times in a span of 21 years they made the playoffs. The Ravens had the following win totals, and in that span, in that span from 2000 through 2020, they won 10 or more games, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 times. 12 times. And not only that, there was a stretch of five straight years where the Ravens won a playoff game. Five straight years they made the playoffs and won a playoff game. Missed the playoffs the next year, got back the following year, won another game in the playoffs. That's consistency. 
They've won two Super Bowls. They've had so many great players come through their program or, or franchise. They have like 10 players already in their ring of honor. That's a franchise that's been remarkably consistent for the better part of their existence since 1996. The Bengals just this year finally were the aggressors, and the Ravens stood no chance. But you have to continue that. You have to continue that in the next year. The Bearcats this year finally broke through. Not only did they win the games in football they were supposed to win, they beat Indiana and Notre Dame. They went toe-to-toe with Alabama. They beat Houston in the conference championship game. And Bearcats basketball used to be that. They're not that now. But let's go uh, revisit happier times within the Bearcats men's basketball program. Top 10 players from Bob Huggins era coming up next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, I need to tell you about, and I am sorry that I did not include this ad in the uh, original or in the first break. So I'll do it now. Um, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. Not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bars are only 130 calories, and they only contain 4 grams of sugar and net carbs each and 17 grams of protein. Mint, brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Yes, sir. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think... If they think, rather, a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this Friday, February 25th of 2022. So Bob Huggins, as I touched on Wednesday, is a finalist for the Basketball Hall of Fame class this year. And so I thought it was time to do a top 10 list, a top 10 list of the 10 best players from the Bob Huggins era. So without further ado, we'll start at 10, work our way to the number one player of the Bob Huggins era. Here we go. Number 10, I've got Kenny Satterfield. Played two seasons with the program. Increased his points per game from 9.2 in 2000 to 14.1 in 2001, which was third in Conference USA. Helped the Bearcats reach the Sweet 16. He led Conference USA in assists per game and total assists in 2000 and finished second in 2001. Number nine, Leonard Stokes scored over 1,300 points in his Bearcats career. He averaged 15.7 points per game in 2003 and shot 42.8% from the field on a Bearcats team that made the NCAA tournament for the 12th consecutive year. Number eight, Ruben Patterson. One of the most inspiring performances in Bearcats men's basketball history was when he scored 32 points at UAB in the game after learning the passing of the passing of his mom. He played just two seasons 
at Cincinnati before a productive NBA career. He averaged 16.5 points per game in 1998, including that 32-point game at Alabama-Birmingham, and he was fourth in Conference USA, shooting 54.8% in 1997. Number seven, James White played for three seasons at Cincinnati before one or after one season at Florida. He finished in the top 10 of the Big East, Cincinnati's first season in the conference in both points per game and field goal percentage back in 2006 on a Bearcats team that barely missed the NCAA tournament. Cincinnati, um, that is a one, White was a 1,000 point score for the Bearcats. Number six, Eric Hicks was a Big East first team member in 2005 through 2006. He was third in rebounds in the Big East in 2006, fourth in the top 10 in blocks per game in the Big East, and two or four times rather in the top 10 in blocks per game in the Big East, and two times in the top 10 in field goal percentage in the Big East. Also played three seasons for the Bearcats when they were still in Conference USA. Number five, DeMar Johnson, the 2000 Conference USA Freshman of the Year. He averaged 12.6 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, and shot 47.8% from the field that year in 2000, where he was the number six overall pick by the Atlanta Hawks in the 2000 NBA draft, and he played for parts of seven seasons in the NBA. Number four, Nick Van Exel. Nick Van Exel was a two-time NCAA All-Region team in 92 and 93. On that 1993 team, he was third in the Great Midwest Conference with 18.3 points per game. Then he went on to have a very productive NBA career that spanned 13 years. He averaged over 14 points per game in his career and was an all-star selection back in 1998. Number three, Danny Fortson. Who can forget about Danny Fortson and that cover of Sports Illustrated leading up to the 96-97 season? That season, of course, Danny Fortson was a consensus first-team All-American with some ridiculous numbers of 21.3 points per game, 9.1 rebounds per game, and 62% shooting from the field. Fortson was the Conference USA's Player of the Year its first two seasons as a conference. Fortson's number eight all-time on the Bearcats men's basketball scoring list with 1,881 points per game. He went on to have a very successful NBA career, scoring 3,000 over 3,000 points, pulling down over 3,000 rebounds, and dishing out 300 over 300 assists in his career. He was drafted number 10 overall in 1997 by the Denver Nuggets. Number two, Steve Logan, a 2002 consensus first-team All-American where he averaged 22 points per game, shot 45.7% from the floor, 37.4% from three, 87.3% from the free throw line, just to add some consistency. He was a two-time Conference USA Player of the Year, and he's still number three all-time on the Bearcats men's basketball scoring list at 1,985 points per game. Number one, of course, Kenya Martin, who racked up just about every National Player of the Year honor in 2000, just to name a few, College Player of the Year, AP National Player of the Year, NABC Defensive Player of the Year, Consensus First Team All-American, Wooden Award, Naismith Award, and Conference USA Player of the Year, one of only two retired numbers. His number four is one of only two retired numbers in Bearcats men's basketball history, along with number 12, Oscar Robertson. In 2000, of course, his Player of the Year senior season, 18.9 points per game, 9.7 rebounds, and 56.8% from the field, his career field goal percentage at 58.6 still ranks second in Conference USA despite the conference undergoing numerous realignments since Martin left the Bearcats after his senior season. He was the number one overall pick in 2000 in the 2000 NBA draft by the Denver Nuggets. And, of course, we still wonder to this day what if he had not gotten hurt in the conference tournament would Cincinnati have won a national 
championship. It remains a mystery to this day. That's my top 10 list of the Bob of players from the Bob Huggins era of Bearcats men's basketball. Bob Huggins, a finalist for the 2022 Basketball Hall of Fame class in Springfield, Massachusetts. That class, of course, will be announced during Final Four weekend. Well, that's going to do it for what's been a really fun week here on Locked On Bearcats. Um, it's been a consistent week. We try to be your first listen every day, and we've done just that. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, the Combine begins next week. Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? No, it's uh, Thursday. Thursday. It's next Thursday. I'm getting my dates all mixed up. Next Thursday starts the uh, NFL scouting combine. Of course, eight Bearcats have been invited to the combine this season. We'll uh, touch on that. More news from the football front. Spring practice getting underway next week. That's going to be fun. Um, Men's basketball, the regular season winding down. Conference tournaments start Monday. Monday conference tournaments, excuse me, start. Always a fun time of year. The two weeks where there are so many conference tournament games, is that honestly better than the NCAA tournament? The first few, the first two days of the NCAA tournament, the first week of the NCAA tournament? That's up for debate. I'll touch on that next week. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's N-N-A-T-I. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase Alex, the number three, Frank at gmail.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend. Bearcats baseball is at North Alabama this week. Four o'clock start tonight. Doubleheader tomorrow starting at two. And then Sunday's game is a noon or one o'clock start. I forget, but you can check the schedule on GoBearcats.com. All four games will be broadcasted on ESPN+. Good weekend, Bearcats in action. Men's, bas- uh, men's basketball, of course, Saturday at, against USF. That is a 7 o'clock tip on ESPN+. Plus. Senior night, throwback jerseys will be worn by the team. Fans are encouraged to wear red. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay positive, test negative. And I will talk to you all on Monday. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great weekend, everybody.